0: Hi leaders, this is Dr. Dorothy Seabrook. Welcome to Real Talk, Leader Culture with Dr. D. I'm your host and leadership coach and mentor. I'm also the CEO and Senior Consultant of Seabrook & Associates, LLC. We offer coaching and mentoring partnerships, training and education, and strategic organizational assessment and planning. I speak all things resilience and my superpower is empowering others. I'm bringing you the Real Talk Leader Culture with Dr. D podcast because I want to help new and emerging leaders develop the skills needed while also unpacking leadership principles. That's my attempt to reduce toxicity and dysfunction in the workplace. So during this podcast, I'm going to be offering you some tips, some lessons learned, and best practices. It's for new and emerging leaders to build, grow, and maintain effective leadership skills. Thanks for joining me on this journey. If there's anything you'd like to discuss further, let's connect. See my contact information below the podcast description, as well as any links to other training and events hosted by Seabrook & Associates, LLC. This week, we're going to explore establishing boundaries in episode 24. I'll be right back. All right, leaders, this week, we're going to focus on establishing boundaries. And let's start with understanding what that means. And then I want to give you the opportunity to think about what it means to you. I've shared before about the need for leaders to establish boundaries and professional distance. Now, that doesn't mean to be standoffish. It only means to maintain appropriate boundaries. And that's for your own well being, but also for professionalism. It means that leaders have to establish the left and right limits to say this is what is acceptable and this is what's not. But leaders also have to enforce those boundaries. What's a purpose? Appropriate for their work environment. Sometimes leaders and their teams become so comfortable with one another, the lines start to get blurred. It could even start as simple as using first names. Then maybe you start socializing during lunch, talking about your personal lives. Maybe you go and have drinks after work. Now, I'm not gonna say there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying there needs to be personal and professional boundaries. Some leaders even attend celebratory events in the homes of their team members. They might go to weddings, graduations, and other celebrations. But what about that team member who's already said, I'm going to establish boundaries between my personal life and home life. And maybe they have not extended any invitations. What message does it send to those team members when leaders and the others start discussing their weekend activities that they've enjoyed together? Leaders have to ask themselves whether situations start arising that may appear to give those on the team preferential treatment you're already always communicating with the people that you socialize with outside of the office, how do the people feel who are not a part of that? See, it could be as simple as allowing the person who's preparing for an event that the leader is going to attend and you let them leave early. So then what happens to the morale in the office when that leader or that team member rather who doesn't invite you to events, they don't get to leave early. See leaders can avoid this type of situation by treating everyone the same. And it all starts with communication. Communicate your views about professional distances and the expectation of boundaries in your workspace. Make sure you think it through though before you communicate them. You can't give the appearance of being wishy-washy and you can have a boundary this week and then allow it to be relaxed next week. Maybe you can explain to your team members why you won't be attending social events if it's not with the entire team. If the organization has an event, you can go to that event and represent the team even if you're the only person, but you've still got, you still have to remember your professionalism matters even in those spaces. See, another issue that comes when it comes to boundaries is when the leader shares too much of their personal business or when their emotions are on display for everyone to see. If you get mad with your significant others and you have a bad day, it should not be taken out on your team. Not only is that dangerous, but it's also unprofessional. And that should not be allowed in your workspace. See, some employees will take your weakness as a leader and use it as ammunition to manipulate a situation or coerce coerce a situation in their favor. Sometimes it becomes inner office blackmail or forces quid pro quo. See, it means you do this for me and I won't tell that about you, right? But it won't happen if you don't allow inappropriate uh, expectations, inappropriate appearances, or inappropriate behaviors to interfere with your ability to lead. Leaders who are put in this position can have the difficult conversations with their employees when they have problems with their performance, or if there's inappropriate behaviors, or maybe the team a team member has failed to follow the administrative procedures and they're always late to work. Well, when you are not able to have those conversations, As a leader, it ties your hands, but the rest of your team sees that, and so does your peers. See, even when a leader establishes boundaries and communicates them to their team, they sometimes forget boundaries should be also established with their peers. If peers see the leader's boundaries are being crossed, they may feel like they have the same right so will your teammates. So it's important, whether it's your peers or your teammates, that the leader enforces established boundaries and not let those lines be crossed, whether they're intentional or unintentional. It's expected that you're gonna be the leader. So when you establish boundaries, it means here's how I want to be treated And here's how others say they want to be treated. And we're all going to respect that for one another. It says that I am going to set the example for how I want my team to treat me. And not only am I going to set the example, I'm going to communicate what my expectations are. And then I'm going to call people on it. Now I'm going to do it professionally, but I'm going to call it on it when they cross a line. See, if you're not willing to enforce those limits, those lefts and right that you have established, then why should anyone else respect them? It's as easy as saying, I'm not willing to allow you to call my personal cell phone after work unless it's an emergency. Now, if you have the kind of job where you're expected to answer your phone after work and the weekends, then I'm not talking about that. But there is such a time as, I don't want to be disturbed during my dinner time. If you need me, you need to have a way to communicate with me, like by text and put urgent. Give them an opportunity to still reach you because you don't want us to be unreachable, but you want them to establish Um, You want them to respect your personal time and your personal life. But if you tell someone not to call you and they call you without having used those administrative procedures that you put in place and you pick up the phone and you start having a conversation about something that is not urgent, then you've just violated your own boundaries And that also means that you have to respect the same boundaries that you expect for your team. If you're not going to accept calls after hours, please don't call them after hours, unless it's urgent. You need to have that conversation to say what that looks like. Let's say your office runs a crisis line. Well, I'm not talking about you. That your team has to be able to reach you because crisis is crisis. But if you're in administrative roles, like program management, you're working on projects or things of that nature, well, you've got to find a way to separate your personal time from the time that you're at work. That's the only way that you're going to be able to manage self-care and come back and be a strong and effective leader. But because if those lines start blurring and if your day of work turns into night, if there is no uh, boundaries established, then you are going to have a hard time getting people to respect those boundaries when it's something that's really important. So it's important to do that up front. So what am I saying? I'm saying that boundaries are established for not only your own peace of mind, but to have a professional space that you're gonna operate in. There's gonna be a left limit and a right limit. And when those boundaries are crossed, because the, the space in between is pretty wide, And really what it means is that that's the time when I'm in the workspace, and here's the things that I want you to do to make sure that we run this office efficiently, effectively, respecting each other and gaining and earning trust, okay? All right, I'll be back with questions for clarity. This is Dr. D Leaders, and I'm back. It's time for questions for clarity. So let's start with the first question. Have you established and communicated boundaries you want your teammates to respect? Have you? It's one thing to establish them, but you also need to remember the why. Why are these boundaries, these particular boundaries that you're talking about, why are they necessary? What is it about what's going on in your workspace? that you feel the need to not only establish them, but communicate them. And have you really thought it through because you do not want to come back and have new boundaries in a week because you found out you were not clear in your expectations previously? Okay, that's question number one. So number two, once you've established and communicate those boundaries, have you enforced them? Or is it easy for others to cross the line? See, it's like managing expectations. If we have respect for one another, you're going to, man, uh, excuse me, maintain those boundaries beca- out of your respect for me. But what if your teammates are confused? about the boundaries that you've established? Will they know to come back and ask the question? Or were the boundaries presented in such a way that it sounds like they're rules to follow versus uh, there's there's opportunities for us to re-engage about them? So the third question, how do you keep people from crossing the line? And how do you respond when they do? Are you curt with them, direct? Or do you offer an explanation? Do you go back to reinforce the boundary by communicating it again and sharing your expectation again? You know, sometimes that's necessary. But I can tell you right now, if i've established a boundary that i'd like for people to knock on my door before they enter now i have an open door policy but if i'm working on a project i'm probably going to keep my door closed but i'm going to have communicated that my door is closed and the reason that it's closed but i don't expect for somebody to just come barging into my office not only have they crossed the line as far as the boundaries that i've established but they're being disrespectful now, I'm not going to be the kind of leader that keeps my door closed all the time. It's always going to be open. And you could say it's because I'm nosy. But basically, I want people to know that I'm available if they need me. That's why my door is open. That also means that I'm willing to have appointments with people who, so I can respect their time. If they're expecting to have an appointment with me, then I also expect to be ready at the time of that appointment, unless it's absolutely impossible for me to be on time. And then I should communicate that with them because I have to respect their time as well as be able to for them to respect mine. So how do I keep people from crossing the line? Basically, I communicate what that line is. You can't draw a a line in the sand and let the waves erase it and expect for people to remember where it was. I know that seems like a strange analogy, but you can, if you've been to a beach, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're building a sandcastle and the waves keep coming in and wash your sandcastle away, the next person coming along won't know that's your sandcastle if you understand what i mean but how you respond to them makes as much difference as the boundary itself so here's a question do the next question is do you have different boundaries for your peers than you do your teammates does your peers get preferential treatment because they're on the same level that you're on i would think not i would think that your team should have the same boundaries as your peers, because if not, you have created an elite group. You created a group that you're saying, oh, you don't have to respect me, but my team does. And that almost is saying that they're beneath me and that's why they have to respect the boundaries that I've established. And that also goes with professional distance. If I call my teammates by their first name, and then I only use proper titles for my peers, it's almost as if we're not, they're not on the same level. And yes, when I'm not at work, if I choose to greet my peers by first names, then that's up to us. But in the workplace, I want to establish and maintain a professional distance because that's what's going to keep the good order and discipline in my environment. And then I don't have to waste a lot of time explaining why things are different for the different groups of people. All right, last question. What do you think professional distance should look like? And what's most important in the workplace? So for me, the professional distance that I maintain is my role is to lead the team but my role is also to pitch in when it's time to pitch in. The But how I keep the distance is when it's time to be held accountable for whatever goes right or whatever goes wrong, that's mine. That's always gonna be mine. I'm going to greet my teammates using their titles because I wanna show respect to them. And I also don't want the lines to be blurred as far as our roles and relationships with our responsibilities. And to share a little personal note, I will call my grandchildren by Mr. and Ms. just so that they know I respect them as well. And I respect their name because I'm also trying to raise them to understand that their name is just as important as the next name and do not allow allow anyone to disrespect it. So does that give the appearance of arrogance or an elite posture? Some people may see that, but that's because they probably don't understand my why. So when I have allowed people to get close to me, they'll feel like they can start asking me personal questions or asking me questions about decisions I've made as it relates to my family, my career and things of that nature. Now in coaching and mentoring, I will talk to people about my journey, my professional journey, but what happens in my marriage or what happens with my children, it's really none of their business. I've had a situation where one of my children had a situation going on and a teammate happened to walk into my office and they over- overheard a part of the conversation. Before I was able to wrap up the call, I've asked them to please excuse me so I could finish the call. I closed the door, finished the call. When that teammate was allowed to reenter, they asked me how my child was doing. And at that point, I had to make a decision. Do I chastise them, first of all, for violating the boundary of not knocking before they come in, asking me about my personal life when I was the one that allowed that conversation to be overheard? So we also have to think about and accept responsibility for our part in some situations where professional distance or boundaries are violated. So in that case, that team member on another occurrence asked me how my child was doing. So I've opened that door. So I then had to have the conversation and remind them, hey, I am so sorry that you overheard what was going on at that instance. And I really appreciate your care and concern for my child, but you don't actually know them. So it makes me a little more comfortable if we're not having to talk about how my child is doing. If you want to ask me how I'm doing, I'm more than welcome, willing to share it. Uh, And you're more than welcome to ask. And I like to ask the same courtesy and I'll extend the same courtesy to them. So think about those questions. Think about your own stories that you might tell about the workplace or in Um, If you have had personal situations that have um, actually creeped over into your professional life. So think about those questions. Now let's get ready for real talk. If leaders consistently maintain a professional distance, lines won't get blurred. There won't be any appearance issues Nobody's going to think that you favor one person over another or that there are inappropriate relationships. Remember, it's easier to lighten up than tighten up. When you understand who your teammates are and they understand who you are, it's easier to then loosen some of the restrictions you may have placed but you still need to have appropriate boundaries. And leaders have the responsibility and right to request professional distance to be maintained in the workspace as well for good order and discipline. Communicating those expectations is the best way to establish and maintain appropriate boundaries. If leaders are accused of not socializing with their team or not participating in events, it can be as simple as explaining the respect you have for your team's ability to let their hair down. See, you don't want to be under the watchful eye as a teammate. And you definitely don't want your leaders to see when you're having a good time. Because sometimes that shows back up in our professional conversations. Leaders should never let their hair down in front of their team. And what do I mean by that? Try not to dance on the table. Try not to let the bartender or other patrons know how you behave after a couple of drinks. Do you want your teammates to see that? I've even had the opportunity to attend church with some of my teammates, or we were going to the same church because of the environment that we were in and it was overseas. Well, how do you think that impacted my worship? Did I feel like I could really let my uh, worship and the spirit move me? I was constantly thinking about how they were doing, if they were able to enjoy their service, sometimes you have to decide what's more important. And for me, I decided to attend a different worship service. It wasn't where it was a matter of they, they had violated something or I had violated something, but I wanted them to feel like they could enjoy their worship without this watchful eye of the leader. Does that make sense? So leaders should communicate, Which events the team can expect their presence, and then follow through. If you tell a teammate that you're coming to a birthday party, if that's what you have chosen to do in your leadership role, then I expect for you, I would expect for you to be there, and so will your teammates. Just like the situation with the worship service, I communicated to my teammates this was my decision. They didn't have to check on me, everything was fine. I've decided to go to a different um, facility for worship. I told them that I wanted them to enjoy their worship experience. They didn't have to see about me because I was the leader. And that is that helped them understand that I wasn't avoiding them. I didn't think that I was better than they were, That I, I that I didn't wanna be around them. But then they were able to understand my logic. And all it took was a simple conversation. What about you? So leaders are leaders, whether they're in the office or after hours. You have to establish boundaries and enforce them. Because remember, you give somebody an inch, you're probably eventually going to lose a mile. You've got to be confident. You've got to show conviction. And you got to be resolved. You got to stand up for what you have established as your boundaries, and you have to address it when somebody crosses the line. It's really all about respect. And how are you ever going to get anyone to respect you and your boundaries if you won't respect them, respect yourself or the boundaries that you've established? See, here's the takeaway for this week. Establishing and maintaining certain boundaries is not about you trying to establish this elite or arrogant position. Establishing appropriate boundaries and professional distances creates the standard for trust and respect. But you're also demonstrated empathy without getting too involved in somebody else's life and not allowing them to cross over and get too involved in yours. If you wear your emotions on your sleeve, you need to check yourself. If every little thing bothers you and you let it show, then nobody's gonna trust you. Nobody's gonna come to you. Nobody's gonna wanna talk to you about things that are going on or things that are going wrong. See, when you are respecting other people's boundaries, you give them the space to solve their own problems. If you're the kind of leader that is stepping in when someone comes to you about a personal situation they have, you've just now owned that responsibility. It's not yours. Don't put that rock in your rucksack. Create the boundary that you will assist You will offer resources, but you will not solve the problem. You don't want to take that kind of control away from somebody else over their life. You can always be in a support role, but you as the leader can't cross boundaries just because you have the role of leader. That's not your right. So you need to be the leader, not the buddy. Don't try to be friends with everybody on your team. It's not possible. You maintain those professional distances. You're going to get the respect of your team. You're gonna get the trust amongst each other on your team. And everybody's gonna understand what their role is in that workspace. So let's say you've had a relationship prior to coming to that environment. Well, there's nothing wrong with maintaining that relationship, but don't let it cloud cloud your judgment. Don't let it appear that they get preferential treatment. Be the leader, not the buddy, and set appropriate boundaries. Now that's Real Talk. Hey, leaders. Thank you again for listening to Real Talk. Leader Culture with Dr. D. And I hope this episode has added value to your leadership journey. Remember, you can message me on Facebook or Instagram about this podcast at Leader Culture with Dr. D. That's at Leader Culture underscore with Dr. D. And that's one word. I'd love to get your feedback. I hope that you've set your alarm for right after this podcast to stream because I'll be hosting the Real Talk Live Q&A on Zoom. That's right, it's tonight, Friday, September 23rd. You can even DM me for the link. Go to Facebook or um, Instagram. For those of you who are subscribed to the Leader Culture and Empowering Leaders email, check your inbox. You already have the link. And tonight, we're going to talk about the last five episodes, including tonight's episode um, of Establishing Boundaries. This is your host, Dr. Dorothy Seabrook, aka Dr. D, your leadership coach and mentor, offering real talk. Remember, I build leaders, and my superpower is empowering others. Until next time. Leader culture, more than a mindset, it's a movement.